some hidden message in scripture. Jesus made it very clear that a decision to follow was a decision to die, to surrender everything to him. And so Jesus turns to the crowd and he turns to you and me and he asks the one question that will ultimately define our lives. Are you a fan or a follower? You'll bow with me. Father, come at this time to deliver a message. Lord, I pray that though it may be my voice, that this would be your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Am I that? I'd like to add another prayer request, and probably because our puppy, you saw her picture a little while ago, is 16 and is getting close to the end. I'd like to, for y'all to keep the moldies lifted up. I know for some, they just had to, had to, um, what was it you said? I had to let her go across the rainbow bridge <laughs> um, yesterday, so please keep them lifted up. Um, our, our pets are part of our family over time, so, um, uh, so please, um, I wanted to add that one. um, We're beginning a series called Not a Fan. Um, The the voice you heard was a gentleman named Kyle Eidelman, and he he put this series together a couple of years ago. And his premise is that that we are to not to be fans of Jesus, but to be followers of him. And I'm just going to be up front with you. This is a difficult um, series in a lot of ways because it's very challenging for us to hear and to evaluate. Today, we're gonna talk about where, uh, the goal today is to look at, okay, where am I really? And so it's a difficult uh, message in that sense. You know, I like to, my, my, my preference is to, get, is, is to deliver the, you know, the easy messages. These messages are not necessarily that easy. And um, so I, I hope that, and my prayer is that you'll, this is a, a six week series and that you'll walk this path together and, and see what God brings for each of us in this place. He has a message for us. has a message for me, and I know that he has a message for each of you in this series. And so, so hang in there for that, because there's, there, there's something in it for you. And so let me start by talking about lemonade. Uh, I mean, whose kid actually ends up going into the lemonade business? It, you've seen them, right? So there's some, some kid had to, had to do that. Of course, um, they probably didn't do like one of our kids and raise forty dollars for for those who um, who are in need uh, just by putting a lemonade stand out front. Uh, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's Elena up there, and and um, she was able to 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 raise forty dollars by with lemonade. The thing is, though, that there are professional lemonade stands out there, so logic would dictate that some kid somewhere at some point ended up going into the lemonade business full-time. He wanted to maybe try it one hot summer afternoon after seeing some of the other kids in the neighborhood do it, and maybe he saw one set up at a ballpark and thought, hey, I could make a little bit of money on top of my allowance by just putting together some lemonade. So he tries it out. He gets his dad or his mom to help him set up a rickety little stand, hand paints a sign that maybe says something like this, lemonade for 10 cents. Of course, that's probably an old sign. It'd be a little more than that nowadays. Uh, And after one successful day, he or she tries it again and then again. And 
and again, and they get invited pretty soon to take this lemonade stand to maybe a middle, a middle school, uh, to a baseball game, and set it up there, so they do that, and then they get invited to all kinds of other events, and, and it's getting really busy now. You got to take this lemonade <laughs> everywhere that I go, and, and I'm going all over town, and so he's, he's making some, some good money, so that part's good, but but now things are a lot busier, a, a lot more professional. It's taking up more time than maybe what originally uh, they expected. He's got to make these special orders on lemons. You can't just get lemons from Publix now because this is high-quality lemonade that we're talking about here. So you've got to go down and, and, and make these orders. You have to start keeping track of expenses on a spreadsheet. And, and it's, just, it's getting complicated. It's taking up time. And at that moment, he has to make a choice. Is this going to become a kind of career? Am I going to hire a few employees to share the load? What will he choose? And, and all kidding aside, we all understand that moment, right? The moment when we have to make a decision. Is this a hobby or is this a career? Is this just for fun or is this something more than that? Am I just trying this out or am I going to invest in this? Is this going to be important to me? And those kinds of moments aren't unique to the business world. In fact, they're more common in relationships, right, where we come to this point. Now, Kyle Eidelman has a, a little video clip about what he calls the DTR moment. DTR. Some of you will recognize what those letters stand for. If you're not sure, let me help you out. If you are a young man, there's no music. You may run away from, postpone, you may dread the DTR talk. Some young men will even terminate a relationship if they feel like the DTR talk is imminent. It is that official talk that takes place in every romantic relationship. Do you know what it stands for, DTR? Define the relationship. You sit down and you decide where things are going. Have things moved from casual to committed? I remember this uh, date I went on in high school. On the very first date, the girl tried to have the DTR talk with me. First date, DTR. I got out of their PDQ just ran away so so over the next few weeks the challenge is for all of us to examine our relationships with Jesus now I do get that for some folks in here it may be that you know you just you are kind of on a first date you've heard about Jesus and, you, and you're kind of interested and and you've heard about church and so you're kind of checking it out if that's you uh, you know sit back and 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 just kind of listen in and be a part of this, but, but uh, you, the, the DTR moment is, is probably not yet on the table because we don't want you to get out of here PDQ. So, so if that's you, just, just kind of hang in there. There's, some, there's, there's good stuff for you in this, mess, in this series as well. You know, you may not be ready for that talk yet, but for most of us in, this, in, in here this morning, I think we are ready for this. We're ready to take a look at... Where, what is my relationship with Jesus, and where am I in that, and where is it that God would have me to be? Where do I stand with Jesus? So to look at Christ's invitation, the scripture verse that we're going to use is out of Luke's gospel, and it's chapter 9, beginning at verse 23. 
Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul, their, their own self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And I think many of us welcome this kind of talk because at here at Arbor Point, we're ready. We're right on time, too, with the visioning stuff that we're doing because because we're ready to move to a different level. Where is it that God would have us to be as a church? And that means that we need to evaluate where is it that God would have me individually? What is my level of commitment and what am I willing to do? We're ready to move past casual, past convenient into something more devoted, something a little more committed. So we're ready for it. I do recognize, though, that some folks are not. You kind of like the setup you have with Jesus. I mean, he's a nice guy, and you like church, and it's a good place to come. Gives you something to do on the weekend. Get a hug from, from Robert when you get to the door. Folks, folks around here are, are supportive of you, and you like that you have that stuff going on. And the idea, in fact, of being a little more committed actually makes you a little bit anxious. It's like, oh, wait a minute, what, what's that mean, more committed? You might even go into that fight-or-flight response that, that, that he did. He's like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep, keep doing this. But regardless of where you are, we, we need this moment to examine where it is so that we make an intentional choice about where we're going to go from here. And the way we're going to ask this is, are you a fan or a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a fan or a follower. Now, some folks are probably going, well, I'm a follower. I'm here. I showed up. So obviously, I'm a follower of Jesus. But hang on. The word fan is defined as being an enthusiastic admirer, right? An enthusiastic. And we're all fans of different things. I don't know what that guy in the middle is. that U.S.? He's a fan of us. <laughs> a lot of us are sports fans. Amen. A lot of us are sports fans. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we follow our team. We may, uh, we, we may have a, the jersey of our favorite player. We're involved in, in following closely uh, who they are. We cheer for them. We understand this concept of being a fan in sports. And my concern is that it's really easy to become fans in church, to be buildings and stadiums full of fans for Jesus, where, where, where we cheer for Jesus and we cheer him on, but we're not involved in the game. And here's, here's the truth. Jesus was not concerned that much with fans. He wants followers. Don't mishear that. He loves everybody. But he challenged the fans to become followers. So when we define this as an enthusiastic admirer, then fans were not all that important to him. And, and we think about what we do every week. We have this tendency to come together once a week, 
We sit down in our seats. We open up our programs. We applaud at certain times. Somehow, we think as fans, it was all done for us. We might walk out and we might go, you know, Mike did a pretty good job today. He, his message was on target. He was, he was on, or the, the music today was really good or, or, or not. And, and we evaluate as we do. Then we come back and do it all again next week. And I certainly understand that some of you, are <laughs> and me included, are really big fans. We're really into this. We know the songs in Bible study. We know, we, know all of, we know that there's 66 books in the Bible. We know their order. We know where to go. When you say Malachi, we're like, I got it. Say Hosea, and we know where Hosea is, Amos, and we can get there. And we look around to see if we got there first. Any of y'all do sword drills? One person, a couple people, yeah. We're good at this stuff, and, and we're big fans of Jesus, and being a fan feels pretty good. But we need to be honest with ourselves, and we need to examine and search our hearts to see where we are in that relationship. Is it where God would have me to be? And so we've got three questions this morning. The first one is, why are you here? Why are you here? If you read through the gospel, Jesus at different points in his ministry would draw, draw a line in the sand. He would separate his fans from his followers. One of those was in John chapter 6. He's at the height of his ministry. He's got a lot going on. Large crowds are following him. He's really popular. He's doing miracles. Five, five loaves of bread and two fish, and he feel, feeds a multitude, and people are following him. But he realizes... In verse 2, that they were following because of the miracles, because of the signs that he was doing. They didn't care much about the teaching. They didn't care as much about the life-changing lesson that he was trying desperately to get across to them. They were there for the show. So why are you here? Why am I here? What, another way to look at it, what is our because? I am here because. Is it because of the comfortable seats? The answer to that would be no. Is it here, is it, are you here because of the music? Maybe. Why are we here? Because if it's for one of those reasons, I mean, it's great for a while, but at some point, we've got to make a decision about this relationship that we're talking about. We talk about having a relationship with Jesus just about every week. We have to examine, what is that for me? What does that look like? Later in the passage, in verse 66, when Jesus challenged the fans that were following him to, go to have a, a deeper, more intimate relationship, we read this. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. He said, here is my expectation. It's not just to follow me around and to, and, and to be a fan of mine. I want you to be a committed follower of me. He says, let's define what we've got here between you and me. 
and here's my expectation. And a lot of them went home. What he offered wasn't what they wanted because it didn't fill that, that desire that they have. And for some of us in this series, we may be looking at this and we, we may land there. We may go, you know, I just don't know that I'm ready to go deeper. You've been coming for a while. You understand what's going on here. You understand things. But you're coming in more for what Jesus can give to you than actually getting to know him. He wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us, with you, a personal relationship. And so he's, we come to a point where we have to define this relationship that we have with him. Why are we here? Why are we here? For Jesus, he would answer it very simply. I want to have a deep, personal, intimate relationship with you. That's what he wants. And the second question is, are you all in? This is hard, because being a follower of Jesus requires commitment. In fact, it requires complete commitment. A follower of Jesus is going to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. They're loyal. They're completely committed. And to be honest, we don't do very well with absolute <laughs> commitment as people. I think that we prefer selective commitment. We customize our Christianity. We look at our relationship with Jesus and say, I'm going to follow him, but I'm going to follow him in these areas and pick and choose the areas, and I'm not going to follow him in these other ones. So it'd be like, well, I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to forgive that person who hurt me. I, you know, they were wrong, and that resentment, it, I, I deserve that. I should be able to hang on to that. I'll follow Jesus, but don't you dare talk to me about money. That's my money, and, and I'm going to spend it how I want to spend it. I'll follow Jesus, but don't ask me to change any of my behaviors or to abstain from any of my desires. I can't help the fact that I have those desires. Don't ask me to not do them. I'm a follower of Jesus, but that won't stop me from getting what I want. So it's this customized Christianity that says, well, I'll follow Jesus, but only in the areas that I'm comfortable with, only in the areas that I agree with. I'm a Christian, but I'm not all in. And if that's the case, then we might just be a fan if that's where we're walking. We're cheering him on. There's not an option in Scripture of selective commitment. It's not a possibility. There's no bargaining, no finagling, no bartering. Well, I'll do this, Jesus, if you let me off the hook. That, that, that's not in Scripture. When you decide to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you go all in. And fans don't like the idea of going all in because there's cost to that. They're not wild about making sacrifices or about having to deny themselves of something that they want or desire or crave. But if you've answered why you're here, then it will be pretty easy to figure out if you're all in. If you weren't here for the right reasons, chances are you won't be willing to go all in. It's that simple. That last question is, have you made it your own? 
See, many of us start going to church because of a parent, right? I started going to church because my mom <laughs> made me go to church. It was, you know, it wasn't, Mike, do you want to go to church today? It was, uh, nope, that was not even a question. We were going to go to church. Maybe your dad said, said that, they, that you had to go, but it wasn't an option for you. Or maybe you started coming because of a boyfriend or a girlfriend or another friend or a spouse. You come because they like it when you come. It appeases them. And for those who grow up in the church or who attend church in order to appease somebody else, it is really easy to become a fan of Jesus. It's really easy to become a fan. It's like riding in the car with someone who listens to a kind of music that you're kind of impartial to. You don't really care one way or the other. So, so you're riding, riding to work, and they like Aerosmith. Some of y'all know who Aerosmith is, some of you don't. <laughs> They're old. <laughs> and they're still together. So <laughs> but you don't hate Aerosmith. You don't really like Aerosmith. You know, it, they just are. It's fine to listen to, but eventually over the course of time, you start to listen to them, and, and they start to grow on you a little bit, right? Can't help but hum along to... I don't want to miss a thing. So you might say that you become a fan of Aerosmith. And that can happen to us in the church. We keep coming to appease someone else, and pretty soon we get into the flow of things. We kind of know how things are supposed to go. We know the songs, recognize the stories or the teachings, and, 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 we're, and we're kind of fans of Jesus. But that can be one of the most dangerous situations to be in. If your faith isn't your own, if you, if you aren't pursuing a relationship with Jesus and you keep coming week after week after week and begin to create a faith that was someone else's in the first place, you can end up numbing yourself to the real thing. You can numb yourself to the real thing. Comfortable with some songs, a few favorite verses, none of which requires anything really of us. No sacrifice, no personal change. I'm just going to tell you, if you encounter the living God, it is impossible not to experience change in your life. If you encounter who Christ is, you cannot stay the same. It is impossible to stay the same. Won't happen. You have to make your faith your own. You have to make your faith your own. Jesus isn't looking for a relationship between you and your spouse. You're not looking for a relationship between, but, but, but between you and your spouse. That's not it. Or, or Wait a minute, where's Tammy? Alabama. Alabama. Not. Not looking for a relationship between Mike, Kit, and him. It's, he's looking for a relationship with you. With you. Read that out loud. He loves you. Absolutely. He is committed to you. He wants to be in a personal relationship with you. He wants you to be his follower, but he wants to be a, such a part of that that you want to do it. And when you embrace who he is completely and fully, you want to follow Jesus. It's not, oh, man, I've got to follow Jesus. It didn't work that way. You want to follow who he is. It, that pull is impossible to resist. You can't resist it. You become somebody you had no idea that you could be. 
Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you enough to let you choose. Am I going to be a fan? Or am I going to be a follower? It's not about anything other than that. It's about you and Jesus. And this series is going to walk this path towards that. But that's the challenge for today, is to take a look at where do I stand and to define this relationship. Are you a follower of Jesus or are you just a fan? Here's the great news. If, if you find yourself not in the place that you want to be, you also don't have to stay there. You can take the next step. You can go deeper in your relationship. He wants you to. We want you to here at Arbor Point. That's a big part of what we we're about. As the band comes up, I wanted to, to let you know what we're going to, and, and we're going to start doing this pretty much every week. During the, the closing songs, I'm going to be over here. And the invitation is that if you need to be, if you would like to be prayed with, if you'd like to be prayed for, that's what I'm over here for. Just to pray with you. That whatever's going on in your life, it doesn't matter. And if we get too many people, we'll start recruiting other people to start praying. And, and if we get nobody, don't feel like, uh-oh, Mike's up there on his own. I better go up there. <laughs> know that that's available. You are invited to come at this time. Mike, what you got? Got a song called "I Will Follow." <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> now today's another of these days of when I dig up the little lyrical gems when I'm going through the songs and putting them together. You know, this one says, "I will live for you alone. I will follow you." Please rise and join us as we follow. <laughs>